Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 271 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show has a passion for tech and programming. He is a software developer as well as chapter founder and leader of GDG Memphis, providing resources for aspiring developers. He says that by helping others with their code, he's learning new techniques for solving problems. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Danny Thompson. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Danny, um, could you perhaps give us a bit of an insight into your own background and how you became a developer? Sure. So for me, I originally was, I come from a gas station background. I was working in gas stations and I was frying chicken in a gas station for 10 years. And I reached the age of 30 and I realized I'm at a fork in the road where if I go right, I'm basically saying I'm going to be in this gas station until I die and I'm going to be here forever. Or... If I turn left, that basically means I need to make a change. And whatever that change is, it's got to be now. And at the same time, I saw an interview on TV by a rapper. And this rapper was had just invested several million dollars into a tech company. And he was asked, like, why did you invest money into a tech company? And he said, well, I'm learning how to code. Now, this blew my mind because... I never knew someone from my background and my neighborhoods could ever learn how to code. And of course, he's not learning how to code to become a developer. And the reasoning was profound. He said, why wouldn't I want to know how the thing that I touch 90% out of my day operates? Like, why wouldn't I want to know how this thing works? And why is the limit of my expertise going to YouTube.com and watching cat videos? Like, I understand how my body works, right? Like if I'm sick, I know either A, I need to go to a doctor, I'm not going to make it, or B, I can ride this out. Or if my car makes a weird sound, I know, oh, I need to go to a mechanic, this isn't normal. So why don't I have the same understanding with this amazing machine that I touch all day long? Like why don't I understand why my laptop costs $2,200 or why my smartphone costs 1500 bucks? Like what is RAM? What is Snapdragon? It's all buzzwords until you put some meaning behind it. So he starts learning how to code and so do I. And I start getting online and I start learning how to code. So for you, it's, it's, it's about understanding as much as anything else. That's really what got you intrigued in, in this particular field? Well, I just didn't know I was... The truth is, I didn't know I was allowed to even think that I was able to be in tech. Like for me, people in tech, the limit was like, these are all PhDs and rocket scientists. There's no one of average intelligence in this field. And so for me to now have that bubble bursted and to say, oh, like I can enter this and the person down the street can be a software developer and things like that. Like it never even entered my knowing of knowledge and well-being and i didn't even start learning how to code because i'm like oh i'm going to become a software developer i just knew that i was going to make a site and i didn't know what the site was but i'm going to make the site that gets like millions of visitors a month on something that i haven't thought about yet and then you realize oh there's a whole thing like seo and pushing traffic and all this and that it doesn't enter your mind at that time but that's all i knew like i just want to make a site to display something and that's where the curiosity started coming in And I started learning HTML, CSS, 
and I go to my very first meetup and I only find out about meetups. I search online and I go to a meetup. And at this time I know like HTML and CSS. And I made a very simple application that uh, you put the URL of an image in there and it colors that image. It's like a really, really, really bad filter. But basically, it's safe to assume at this time of my life, I could cure cancer with code, right? Like, I'm good. No, I'm just kidding. That was terrible. Yes. But, I, but I walk in this meeting, this meetup, and I'm seeing all these developers, and I instantly realize that I know nothing. Like, they're saying these foreign languages to me at this point. They're talking about Java and C Sharp. And the problem was, at that time of my life, I thought JavaScript was the beginning and end of development, and there was nothing past it. So they're talking all this stuff, and I instantly realize, like, I know nothing about what's going on. And I realize that I am excluded from the conversation. And I said in that moment, I will never be excluded again. So I go home and I start studying JavaScript and I start learning ES6 functions and I go to that next meetup and I'm like, well, do you know what an error function is? Do you know what a ternary operator is? And then I go home and I start studying some more and more and more and I start learning SQL and I start learning about SQL tables and SQL queries. And I go to that next meetup and I'm like, what do you know about SQL tables? Do you know how to do this in the SQL query? Then I go home and start studying Java and learn more and more and more and more. And I go to that next meetup saying, now, well, do you know how to do this in Spring Framework? And now I'm included in this community of phenomenal developers that are just there to talk about tech, help each other grow and do amazing things. And meetups truly changed the trajectory of my career because of them. I got so hooked in the process and I fell in love with the community and I just wanted to keep being a part of this thing. And it, that was the beginning of my entire journey right there. Yeah. So we're going to probably come on to the sort of elements of within that and how you managed to do that as we go through the, the interview. So can I move on to the, the first sort of major question within the interview flow? Mm -hmm. um, can you perhaps share a career tip with the audience, one they may not be aware of and perhaps should be? One great tip that I tell people all the time is do not be afraid to say, I don't know something. And the way I level this out is whenever I'm asked a question at work and they're like, do you know this? And I'm like, you know, I don't know this. But if you give me enough time, I will go research this and I will come back with the correct answer. Or if I'm in a stand-up meeting or I'm around developers, I have no problem going up to one of them saying, hey, I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. Sometimes asking that question can save you hours of research because they can send you down the right path immediately. I think one thing that's very prevalent in our industry is people are afraid of admitting the, their lack of knowledge, like they're going to be exposed as a phony. And the biggest problem with that is you're putting so much burden upon yourself and you're creating so much extra work that you may fall behind instead of excelling at a rate that most companies want you to excel at. So by admitting, hey, I don't know this. Because no one expects you to know everything. It's impossible. I don't care how phenomenal of a developer you are. You're never going to know everything. So by admitting yeah. that and instantly getting that very valuable and constructive feedback to send you down the very straight path that you need can help the entire team. Because no company wants you to waste 10 hours when you can get, get an answer in five seconds. And presumably the majority of people that you do ask are more than willing to actually provide that information and point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's no reason for you to be afraid to ask. Absolutely not. And here's the other thing. 
and I say this all the time, every senior developer is a junior in a subject they haven't touched. So they understand to some degree where you're coming from. If you come to them properly saying, look, I'm trying to understand this. I don't grasp this. Can you send me down the right path? They'll take that minute or two to send you down the right way that you need to go. But when you try and hide that lack of ability, or if you make a mistake and you try to hide it and they find out, that is when you're getting into a very difficult situation and now they're not perceiving you as valuable as you could be. Yep, exactly. Good. Okay. Um, Danny, can you tell us about your worst career moment to date and what you learned from that experience? Sure. I've got a couple. I make a lot of mistakes. Uh, I, I, I will tell you the, the one big bad moment for me. There was a job that I wanted when I was trying to get my first job in tech. There was a job that I wanted bad. I wanted it bad. I thought I did everything right. I had the interviews. I did. I answered the questions the way you would answer questions. I was on top of it. And I made it to the last interview, met with all the bosses that I needed to meet with, and I got the phone call saying they passed on me. I was gutted. Like, I could have threw up. I was so sick. It was the best thing that never happened to me because three weeks later is when I found my dream job in tech. Three weeks later was the difference of being miserable that I missed something to realizing I would have missed out on this ginormous, amazing, like love and filled opportunity that I have now and that I've been growing with ever since. Sometimes what you want is not necessarily what you need. And I always tell people, I hope you get what you need as opposed to what you want. And this job was what I needed as opposed to what I want. Another bad career highlight for me, I once caused a four-day delay in production because I messed up a JavaScript object and I didn't know it. And I mean, that's something I had to take on the chin. It was extremely embarrassing. But I think the way I handled it and I was very open about the fact that I made this mistake and I can tell you now this mistake will never be made again. And I'm glad that we located it. That situation showed to my higher ups that I'm mature enough to be in the situation. I'm mature enough to understand what I did wrong and we can grow past this together. Yeah, they're very, two very good examples. Thank you. Um, and Danny, can you share with us your career highlight to date? It depends on, I'll give you a couple of examples. So job-wise, one of my biggest highlights was I never, I'm a big believer in don't cap your success. And for me, a lot of people cap their success at a very low level. My success, I have, I never entered into tech saying I want to be entry-level developer or junior-level developer. My objective has always been I want to be the best developer that I can be. So for me, I was promoted almost instantly after landing my first job and I was promoted again after that. So for me, those stepping stones by showing the company, this is what I'm worth. This is what I'm bringing to the table. I'm bringing value to the workplace every single day and I'm bringing value with myself when I come in here that instantly was reflected upon the position that I was in and I was bringing that value so for me that was a highlight of getting promoted so quickly and then being promoted again it proved to myself that I belong in this space and that I know my company recognizes that the other career highlight for me is I've helped almost 70 people in their first jobs in tech and I'm very very yes. proud of that yeah. So going back to your, your first point in terms of being able to sort of um, 
give people an understanding of your ability and what you can contribute. How did you go about doing that? Can you maybe give us an example of what you did? Sure. So one thing that I notice a lot of people do is when they get a work ticket, for example, and it says, we need to do, we need to create this endpoint and we need to display this information here. And they'll do the bare minimum, but they're not asking like clarifying questions. Like, why are we doing this? How can we make this better? Like, own your work and become an authority on that. And when they start responding to you as such, that is when you can control what's happening. So for me to come in, even as an entry, I knew very well, like I need to control everything that I'm doing to some degree so that way I can put myself into this work. So instead of saying, okay, this work ticket is requiring this and I'm only going to do this. Well, let me research why this is happening on the back end. And now I can understand that process a little bit better. So now when we're going into meetings and we're talking about things, I can contribute to that conversation at a higher level because I know a little bit more. And when you're contributing, that's a direct reflection because obviously those meetings are happening with your manager, with your TPM, with your boss. And I mean, everyone's in there taking notes like, oh, this guy is new to the team and he's contributing. Like it doesn't have to just be focused on this ticket asked for this item and this is what I did. Yeah. And do you feel, obviously, you, you've said a lot there, but but I, I sort of took out of that, that a lot of it's about problem solving. I always say anyone can write code. And it's true. You can learn the basics of writing syntax and doing X, Y, Z. A very successful developer is a problem solver. You're going to look at a problem. You're going to find a problem. And they're going to say, we don't really necessarily know how to solve this. And your job at that point is to realize, okay, what's causing this break? What's causing this to be broken? And how can I fix this? And that's essentially where your growth is going to take off. Like if you're only looking for those tickets where it says, we need XYZ implemented, you're not really going to have a good time, number one. But number two, you're not bringing a lot of value to the team. For example, this is an example just yesterday. I don't consider myself a very good designer at all. I'm more of a back-end guy, but I'm full stack. I'll do it all. I had a work ticket come in, and they said, we want everything to look in this color scheme. And I realized that it didn't look fantastic. So I ended up doing it my way. And I took a screenshot of that and then I did it their way and took a screenshot of that and sent it both. And I said, I can do either way that you like, but this is the way I think would work best. And they ended up going with that. Now, obviously, the people on the design team are paying attention to that and my boss is paying attention to that. That gives me brownie points to where I want to be. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. And going back to your your second um, highlight as well. So you've obviously helped a lot of people now get in, get their first IT jobs and break into the IT industry. So how did that come about? So if you were to ask me, you know, two years ago, if I was going to lead a meetup group in community, I would have said, no, there's no way it's so much work. Uh, it's not for me. And I asked the question that everyone asks when they go to a meetup and they're learning on their own. How do I get that first job in tech? And I heard the exact same answer over and over again, like a broken record, like, oh, man, that first job, that's the hardest job that you're ever going to get. But after that first job, everything comes easier. To someone like me, that is the worst thing you could have ever told me, because not only did you demotivate and demoralize me, you've given me nothing to work on. So I instantly realized in that moment that everyone else that was asking that same question got that same answer. So I said, I have to I have to figure out a way to change this. And I'm still working at a gas yep. station at this time. So I got on LinkedIn and I created a profile 
And I instantly started cold calling and cold messaging, hiring managers, recruiters, and decision makers for businesses. And at first, my goal was, okay, I need to get a job in tech. But I realized if, you know, if I get in first, I'm there's people behind me that need a need a job as well. And I fell in love with like the sense of community. So instead I said, I realized, okay, if I can showcase all these developers that are coming to these meetups in a way that's appealing to a hiring manager, they may be more receptive to the idea of actually getting them into an interview. And then I also realized I'm not really big on applications. So I started creating this hiring network and leveraging that network to get people into interviews without having to fill out an application. And it was working. So I helped that first person get that job in tech. And I realized in that moment, nothing mattered to him more than actually reaching his dream and goal of getting that job in tech. He had tears in his eyes. He was so happy. And nothing mattered more to me in that moment than sharing his success with him. So for a long time, all I cared about was helping people get jobs in tech. So I helped that first person. Then that first person turned to 10 people. Then 10 turned to 20. And then in that first full year, I helped 44 people land their first jobs in tech. And it just became very infectious. And then I realized I'm helping everybody get through this door. It would be easier if I get through the door now and hold that door open for everyone behind me. So that's exactly what I did. And I ended up landing my job in tech. And I... been going through it ever since and trying to help as many people as I can. But what I realize now, it's not really practical for me to be hands-on with every single person. It would be a lot more significant if I was able to come up with a system and explain the system to people so that way they can do it themselves. And so, for example, I've released a whole series on YouTube to uh, how to optimize LinkedIn for yourself, where I interviewed four hiring managers and uh, basically went over like 40 profiles to show what they're looking for, what they search for, what stands out. And because, and I want that information out there for free because I want this to help as many people as possible. Yep. Brilliant, Danny. So in in terms of what's happening now, um, we're recording this particular episode towards the end of August. And obviously we've been in the, the sort of the lockdown period and the pandemics been going on for the last six months or so. Um, have things changed? Do you find that you're still able to help people break into the IT field? I will say I was making great traction to beat my numbers last year. And then when COVID hit in the beginning, like it tanked. Now it's starting to bounce back. And I think a lot of it was the fear. Companies went on hiring freezes. They didn't know really what to expect, what's going on, what's going to be the outcome. And many still don't. And I think companies that are very customer focused, uh, where it's like, like a rental company or something like that, they're going to be definitely affected by COVID to a much stronger degree than others. And there's still companies like, for example, LinkedIn, they just laid off a bunch of employees. Um, there's companies that are going to be laying off developers. It is definitely more competitive now than it's been before where you have senior developers that are out in the field looking for jobs. But I will tell you, uh, after this LinkedIn series, I released it, what, two weeks ago and just three days ago someone uh literally sent me a screenshot where they uh were accepting their first uh front-end position so it's definitely more difficult but it is absolutely possible but just keep that in mind like it there's competition in the field and there's more qualified competition so you may need to do something a little bit more to stand out but 
one thing that I always say in these interviews and people, developers especially make this mistake more often than not. They go into these interviews almost with like a begging mindset where like, oh, please give me a chance. Please give me a chance. I just need a chance. And I don't think they realize like it creates a reaction in somebody on like a, a biological level. Like you don't intend to be like turned off by something like that. But when someone begs you for something, it's not appealing. Instead, you need to go into these interviews, even if you're an entry level or aspiring developer and say, I'm valuable. I am bringing yep. value to this conversation and I will bring value to this team because if you bring value, they will bring a checkbook. It's as simple as that. No company in the history of the world has ever turned down an opportunity to make money. No, that's very true. Yes. Um, great. Thank you, Danny. Um, so we're going to move sort of gears a little bit now. So what is it that excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? To be honest, the thing that excites me is it's it's going to be there. Like, I, I think there's many industries right now that are around us. And I think the writing on the wall is there for many of them. Like, for example, shopping malls are closing at a rate. And I think it's an estimate that 30% of current shopping malls that are open will not be open in 2025. These industries are moving. There's going to be an economic move. And there's definitely going to be a shift. So... With IT, I know it's going to be there for the foreseeable future, and it's not going. That's where the future is, and I say a lot of these positions now will be automated, and that was kind of what I was seeing in the gas station business and retail. Like a lot of these positions are going to be automated. So, what are we going to do to prepare ourselves for when that inevitable change comes? Are we going to be left in the dust? Are we going to be one of the people that are ready for that change in the future and make sure we're securing ourselves? And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, good. Okay. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. So you ready for this? Sure. So what is it that first attracted you to a career in IT? The ability to have stability. And that wasn't something that I had before. And the ability to actually, and this is what threw me off, a work home life. Like, I can't tell you, I was working 80, 90 hour weeks and I was making just enough money to still be broke. And when I saw all these developers talk about how they were able to stay at home with their families and to go on vacations and experience this life that I just, it was foreign to me. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. What is the best career advice you've ever received? When the So this is actually advice from my mother, and it's not necessarily career, but life advice. When the world was giving out problems, they didn't start and stop with you. Everyone has problems. What you need to focus on is how you approach them. And that's advice that I've tried to keep very valuable and relevant throughout the entirety of my life because I know everyone's going to have problems. I know I'm going to face probably a thousand problems before the day I die. And what it's inevitable. So now that I know that it's coming, let's get rid of the surprise factor that it's going to show up and just be ready to face it head on. That's that's an interesting um, point. And, and I often think about the fact that problems, there are there are two things you can do with problems. You can accept them and therefore you just put up with them or the alternative is you try to solve them and i think that that can be the difference between making a, that sort of move and that mindset shift or just staying where you are absolutely yeah 
Okay, maybe slightly more difficult to answer. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? The worst career advice that I ever received, and this was actually when I was still going to like uh, beginner meetups, it was you don't always have to commit your code to GitHub or someplace like that. Like you don't need to share your code. And for me, what I realized is when people aren't sharing their code or getting feedback on it, they're maybe doing bad practices and they're not getting, they're never going to figure that out. For me, I love showing my code because I treat everything like it's constructive criticism. If someone's saying, oh, you're doing X, Y, Z wrong, I don't take that as a personal attack, even though I did in the beginning, because obviously coding is very personal. It's artistic. It's creative. So when someone says, like, oh, I don't really like that you did this, it almost feels like, oh, you're judging me incorrectly. But instead, this is someone with far more experience giving you this advice. It would be very important and valuable to you to take it and explore that idea and see if there's value there. So I love code reviews. I love um, situations like that, even though my imposter syndrome kicks up tenfold in a code review. But I love finding out like, okay, this is some way that I can do this better. And so that was the bad advice, not sharing my code. Indeed. Yes. And if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Honestly, I don't think I would do a single thing different. And I'm a big believer in if you help others achieve their dreams, your dream will come to life. Like there's no way that you can help multiple people and a path not be built for yourself. I think I would have done it the exact same way. The only thing I probably would have done different is enter IT earlier. I think I was afraid that if I entered it yeah. uh, too soon, I wouldn't be able to help as many people as I could. And I wouldn't have been able to grow our meetup community as large as I have. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on yourself? So I have, I have, I'm a very big goal oriented person and I have tons of goals that I'm working on all the time. Uh, I don't normally talk about what I'm working on in this moment, but I can tell you recently, I, ha- I currently have a goal that I want to help 100 people in the first jobs in tech. But I also, uh, I just reached one of my goals and I gave away six full ride scholarships to a boot camp. And the, the goal and the theory with that was when people get a scholarship from a company or from a school, they don't really take it fully serious. They're like, oh yeah, I got a full ride scholarship. But I wondered if that dynamic changes when a human interacts with you beforehand and gives you your goal. And they're like, I'm giving you this with the focus and hope that you change your life. Will you consider it and take it differently? And so far the answer has been yes. These six people that I've that we picked are changing their lives and they're taking this so serious that they know that they want to continue this and do the same thing for someone else. So maybe even if they just give one more person a scholarship, now we're affecting instead of six people, we're affecting 12. Maybe we're affecting 18 or 24. Yes. It's gonna it the ripple keeps growing to where it becomes a wave and that wave of change will create the change that we want. So that's something I'm working on. Career-wise, of course, I want to continue to try and become one of the best developers that I could be. I want to keep growing with the current company that I'm with because I absolutely love everything that we're doing. And uh, another thing for me is I want to continue the mentoring and the community growth because we're doing some very big things here. Uh, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. We have some of the lowest cost of living in the country, but we also have some of the lowest cost of earners in the country. 
where the average household income is about $18,000 annually. If I could take one of these people, give them the meetup, the support, the learning resources, the courses, everything that they need, and I can put them in a position where they're making 80 grand a year, they're now generating four and a half times the average household income. If I can get 20 people in that same position, I just changed the neighborhood. Now the schools are benefiting because we changed the tax bracket. Now the kids are benefiting, but we're also helping deter gun violence and drug violence and gang violence. But the biggest thing is we're removing the number one reason for divorce in these communities and it's financial issues. So we're literally supporting the entire family just by giving them learning resources that they were never exposed to or had before. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear, particularly the the community aspect of that. That's great. Um, Danny, what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Networking. I talk about this all the time. Network. Do not feel afraid to network. I, it it took me a while to learn this because I've always been kind of afraid of talking and speaking with new people. And that's why I love LinkedIn because I can cold message someone and they can be very receptive to what I'm saying. And it's like, great, now let's have a conversation. Or they can say, that's a stupid idea. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic because we're never going to see each other in person ever again. Simple as that. We'll never be in the same room again. So you can call me an idiot from a distance and I'll feel just a-okay, or you can think I'm a genius and let's have a conversation about that. So for me, networking, you never know where one conversation can take you because I can tell you right now, I'm working with a local government an hour away from me. And the reason why this opportunity even came to me, and this is a side project, it's not my job, but this came to me literally because I had one conversation with one stranger in one location in December. And that conversation lasted six months to where they basically contacted me afterwards. You never know where one hello can take you. So why be afraid of saying it. If they say no, it's like, cool. Like there's a million people on this platform. There's 7 billion people on this planet. I need one person to fall in love with me. And the only way that's going to happen is if I reach out because they don't know my intentions. Yeah. Unless I talk to them, they don't know that I exist. That's very true. Yeah. And Danny, what do you do to keep your own career energized? That's kind of the thing that I love the most about tech. It is, To be a developer is essentially to say you want a lifelong journey of learning. It never stops. There's always something new to learn. There's, And I also tell you this, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. And I'm constantly figuring out new things, learning, uh, coming up with different ideas. And that's one of the coolest things about learning is once you start getting a grasp on something, you can now approach a problem in a way that you never even thought was possible beforehand. So I love doing that. And it, I don't just necessarily go off of what I'm like exposed to at work. Because if you just do that, you may not find what you're passionate about and what you fall in love with. And I feel like there's so much that tech has to offer. And there's so many levels and new, new areas that are always being produced that exposing yourself to these new languages and these new ideas and surrounding yourself with phenomenal developers will really show you a new level of tech that you're going to fall in love with. And it's a deep love that you're never going to want to stop. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? 
for me, I obviously it's definitely a lot of community work. I'm very big on our community and the things that I want to see happen in the city. I think Memphis has so much potential and we're doing so much good. And that's the other thing. Like now tech is fantastic and I love it, but this is bigger than me. And I'm trying to make sure I'm affecting as many people in a positive way that I can. But the other things I have some incredible friends and developers that I hang out with and will you know, play sports or go talk or hang out. But of course, um, my biggest thing outside of tech is I'm a father and I'm a husband. I love my family. And they're the reasons why I even learned how to code, because if it wasn't for them, I would have been very content with my old position and never probably would have left. But if it wasn't for my son, who's my pride and joy, and honestly, he's, he's the reason why I keep striving to be a better man. I, they're my priority and you know we're always trying to come up with creative things to do you know enjoy life a little bit uh go to the running tracks or uh we sometimes we'll go out of town or go check out you know um some natural scenery and things like that so we'll do some stuff together as a family good okay we're getting towards the end of the interview but danny can you share a parting piece of career advice with the it career energizer audience if you're trying to get into your career, or you're trying to further your career, the best advice I could ever give you is don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. I don't care how fast you're going or how slow you're going. Even if you're going at the pace of a turtle, don't stop. If you stop, the only guarantee we have is that your dream and your goal dies. Simple as that because you stop, the momentum is gone. But if you keep going, even at that pace of a turtle, the possibility and the eventuality of your goal is still alive. So don't stop. Keep progressing. And I think one thing that will help you is take a moment and just remember and recognize everything that you've done in the last six months. Like just literally write it down. What didn't you know in December or January? And what do you know now? And I think you will be shocked because I think we're always so go, 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 go that we never take a second to look at where we've gone and where we've been and where we are. And I think sometimes we get clouded with that goal that we don't pay attention to what we've already achieved. So take a second to recognize how phenomenal you truly are. There was a moment you didn't know HTML and now you do. There was a moment you didn't know CSS and now you do. There was a moment where you didn't know JavaScript and well, you're probably still learning that one, but you know, I mean, it's never a lending circle of JavaScript, but be impressed with what you've done. And I think it will help as you keep progressing along the way. Yeah, I totally agree with you, definitely. And Danny, can you share with us um, how we might be able to find out more about you and connect with you? Sure. All of my social media is at D Thompson Dev. Uh, LinkedIn is the only place where I'm Danny Thompson. But if you put D Thompson Dev, you can pretty much find me everywhere from uh, my Twitter, which is, uh, you know, what I'm on pretty much most of the day, uh, my blog posts, social media, all that good stuff. Brilliant. Danny, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you, Phil. I truly enjoyed this. Hi, Phil here again. Just a final few words from me. Firstly, I'd like to thank my guests for sharing their career tips, experiences and insights with us on the show today. As you probably know, there have been more than 200 guests on the show so far, and I'm continuing to try to attract new guests that can provide great insights to all of us. However, to enable me to do this, I need to ensure that the podcast continues to grow and reach an extended audience. And you can help me in doing this 
by subscribing to the show and providing a rating and review in whichever platform you listen to. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.